When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasa Show on 98.7 ESPN. And you can get me on Twitter at Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A. I don't know if you guys heard this. You know, I, I know this sort of stuff gets tight-lipped. I don't know if you've really kind of heard the whispers, but there's a Subway Series game tonight. That's right. That's right. It's happening in the Queens, in Flushing, City Field. It is the Mets. It is the Yankees. Right now, two of the more uninspiring teams in all of Major League Baseball, and they are actually going to share the same field for a period of about nine innings. How about that? I I mean, are we blessed as baseball fans? You know, sometimes you think you're living a charm life. Then you wake up one day and you realize, hey, the Mets and the Yankees are playing on the same day in the same ballpark. And you know what? They get to do it again tomorrow. And then you get really carried away and you get really spoiled because a month from now, they're going to do it again, this time in the Bronx. Wow. Why did they think of that sooner? The Subway Series. And boy, it couldn't happen at a better time, right? Because both of these teams are uh, on fire. On fire. You got the Mets who are swinging the bats like murderer's row. Right? Don't let the wins and the losses fool you. You know, I mean, those games could have gone either way. Coin flip games, right? Coin flip games. And the Yankees, the same thing. I mean, you wouldn't even know that Aaron Judge is out of the lineup. They've just picked up right where they left off. Home run after home run after home run. Now, look, I kid, of course. And that brings us back to the original point that these two teams are fighting it right now. And we're not going to spend a hell of a lot of time tonight on the Subway Series. Why? Because the Subway Series is going on while we're on. And if you cared about the Subway Series, you would be um, watching it, right? But just to piggyback off of the conversation that we had last night, I I mean, look, right now, the Subway Series, I'm at a point in my life in this city, watching baseball, a fan of baseball. I'm good with the Subway Series. You know, it's not something that I like Stop my life and stop everything I'm doing to watch because been there, done that. I'm good, right? First handful of years, it was special. It was unique. It was different. Like I told you, when interleague play started in 97, the Mets-Yankees, those, those were must-watch. They all felt like the Super Bowl because we hadn't seen anything like it before, at least in terms of games that counted. Forget about the Mayor's Trophy game all those years ago. These games actually mattered in the regular season. And then they put that thing on steroids. And actually played in the World Series in 2000. The rest of the country didn't care. It was the lowest rated World Series nationally up until that point. When it was New York against New York. But we ate it up. We loved it. I remember those days like you would be driving around and you know you'd pull up to a red light. And chances are the person next to you would have either some sort of Met or Yankee propaganda on their car, in their car, you name it. And it was either you were for it or against it. They were with you or they were against you. And it was cool. It was a really, really fun time. It was unique. 
And even if they were to meet in the World Series again anytime down the road, I don't even know if you're going to ever experience something like that again. The novelty of it, right? Novelty is fleeting. It's finite. It doesn't always exist, especially after you experience it. And I think that that's part of the residual here with the Subway Series. It is. You know, it's not as special as it once was. And not to mention the fact you got two baseball teams that are hurting a little bit right now. They need wins in the worst way. It doesn't matter if it's against the Mets. doesn't matter if it's against the Yankees, no matter what side you root for. Okay, these teams just need to win some games. You look at the Yankees. They lost two out of three to the White Sox at home. White Sox aren't very good. Then lost two out of three against the Boston Red Sox. Red Sox aren't very good. Couldn't score any runs over the weekend. They miss Aaron Judge. Not that that's supposed to stand for any sort of breaking news. I think you can kind of figure that one out already. And then the Mets have been even more of a train wreck over the last couple of weeks. And everything that they're fighting here. Losers of eight of their last nine. Swept by the Blue Jays. Swept by the Atlanta Braves. Losing two out of three to the Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, bottoming out in embarrassing fashion on Friday night. Where it looked like they didn't even want to be out there. And so somebody, at least for a couple of days, has an opportunity to get right here. And I'm sure that at least in terms of our little window and our little bubble in New York, it's going to seem even more magnified because it's the Subway Series. So if the Mets win two or the Yankees win two, you know, they're going to feel like a million bucks. Otherwise, the sky's going to be falling for that other team. But more so the Mets. Are things that much better right now? Right? I mean, we've watched them play for the last couple of weeks. Like, it's bad. Yankees miss Aaron Judge, Mets miss Pete Alonso. Like, they need some help. Except the only difference between the Mets and the Yankees right now in terms of personnel and the guys that the managers are writing into the lineup card is that the Mets have guys who have actually done it before. Right? As recently as last year, they produced. You got a batting champion, Jeff McNeil. You got Starling Marte, who was an all-star. You know, Francisco Lindor, who makes more money than the owner himself. These guys are supposed to produce. And they're just not doing it. Yankees, on the other hand, well, you know what? Giancarlo Stanton was an MVP once upon a time. Like to see that form again. DJ LeMahieu, a batting champion in his own right. Really, really productive player. Josh Donaldson won an MVP too, but that was a lot of years ago. Glaber Torres, we know, has shown flashes. These are the guys that you're relying on right now. You know, it's a damn shame that Aaron Judge got hurt, but... These other guys are big leaguers. You got to pick up the slack. And then when it comes to the pitchers, there's a big star for both of these guys tonight. I'm not going to lie to you. Luis Severino, last couple of times out, been bad, right? Been really, really bad. Not what you bargained for. Guy's given up six home runs in his last two outings. It's not good enough. You talk about the velocity. You talk about the crispness of his pitches. It's not what the Yankees are bargaining for here, especially while Rodon continues to be out. I mean, this is a guy that you're expecting quality performances from. And I'm not saying quality in terms of quality start, like, oh, you know, pitch six innings, give up three runs or less, or whatever the hell they define a quality start as. You got to go out there and pitch like the guy that you're capable of pitching like. And we haven't seen that. And then you got Max Scherzer who's making $40-plus million a year. And the last time out for him 
against the Atlanta Braves was not good. And the Braves were teeing off on him, especially second time through that batting order. And he's hanging breaking ball after breaking ball after breaking ball in the middle innings of those games, and the Braves were hitting him to South Carolina. Because Max Scherzer at this point in his career, if he's going to get through the middle innings of a game and he's going to approach that, you know, 80, 90 pitch threshold, he's not going to be able to just rear back and throw the ball 95, 96 plus right past the hitter to the extent that he used to be able to do it for much of his Hall of Fame career. So he's got to be a little bit more crafty. He has to be a little bit more creative when it comes to trying to get hitters out. You know that old expression they talk about with pitchers as they age? And maybe their stuff declines a little bit. They talk about, guys, you have to learn how to pitch, right? You have to learn how to be a pitcher. You just can't be a thrower. All these guys that have longevity in the sport, they tend to kind of reinvent themselves later on in their careers when their stuff isn't what it used to be. Maybe Scherzer's going through that a little bit here. And boys, it's been a crazy year for him, right? From the suspension with the sticky hands to the injury issues that he's had to deal with to all the expectations and the subpar play of the club, doesn't change anything from the beginning of spring training. You still rely on him extremely much, extremely to the same extent that you do Justin Verlander. These are the two guys that you've almost built your entire ball club around, and they're not delivering. And that's why the Mets find themselves in a situation right now where they're four games under five hundred, and they need a win in the absolute, absolute, worst way so at least for a couple of days here one team even one fan base they have an opportunity to get right some people it still matters a lot to myself been there done that just another game you know if the Yankees were playing Baltimore tonight I would look at it the same exact way everything that I just said about the Yankees it would ring true if they were playing the Orioles if the Mets were playing the Marlins Same exact thing. It would ring true. You got to start to show evidence that you're a team that's going to stay in this thing for much of the summer. And despite the fact that you're missing one of your best players and obviously one of the most important players, if not the most important player, at least offensively, you got to go out there and win, right? You've got enough there to go out and be effective. This ain't a team where the payroll is, you know, minimum wage. For the Mets, it's a record-setting payroll to the likes that we've never seen before in Major League Baseball. Yankees, not too far behind, okay? You got some guys making a couple of bucks in that lineup, too, and it's time for them to produce. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. So we'll keep an eye on the Subway Series all night long here, but thankfully we got a lot of other stuff to talk about. We'll do plenty of football as the Giants wrapped up day one of their mini camp out at East Rutherford. The Jets make another addition to their defense. And oh, by the way, it's somebody that, yeah, has a previous relationship with one Aaron Rodgers. It seems like there's a few of those guys in that locker room. Congrats to the Denver Nuggets, champions of the NBA world. Look a little dicey there for a few quarters. Give Miami a lot of credit for coming out and not just rolling over and, hey, they were in position to steal that game. The game was being played on their terms. It was a rock fight, but Denver just made the plays when it was all said and done. And wouldn't you know it, just like I said, Max Scherzer, 
Hanging breaking balls. This time he hung one to Giancarlo Stanton, and Giancarlo Stanton hit it to one of the chop shops across the street from City Field. Oh, I can tell this is going to be a fun night. Really and truly is. And hey, by the way, the Rangers have a new coach. Peter LaViolette. Told you. Seemed like he was the front runner. Seemed like he was the safest choice. He's the guy. We'll talk to our buddy Dave Maloney, of course, analyst right here on the Rangers MSG Radio Network. You hear all season long. Dave is going to join us coming up in about a half an hour, so we look forward to getting his thoughts on the new Rangers bench boss. And the Yankees out to a one nothing lead. Giancarlo going deep, and he needed that in the worst way. Maybe that gets him going a little bit there. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number. Jam-packed show on tap for you here on this Tuesday. Dan Grasa, 98.7 ESPN. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. In partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Rick Pitino threw out the first pitch tonight out there. And boy, is he having a first offseason as the head coach of the St. John's Red Storm. Picked up a big-time recruit most recently, a couple of days ago. Top 50, as a matter of fact. Kid from uh, my old stomping grounds there, Roselle Catholic, which has become a basketball power in New Jersey. Simeon Wilcher. Commits to the Red Storm. So, hey, it wasn't going to take long for Patino to turn things around. That club, if they could stay healthy, that, that that is a tournament team this season out of the Big East. Hands down. But the Yanks out to a one nothing lead. Giancarlo Stanton hanging slider from Max Scherzer, and he deposits it into the left field stands. His 24th home run at City Field. That is a lot of home runs. Like, think about the number of players that have played for the Mets and haven't even hit 24 home runs. And by the way, Brandon Nimmo just answers. Is that the first pitch of the game, as a matter of fact, or first pitch of the inning? There you go. Meet the Mets. Meet the Mets. Step right up and greet the Mets. So Brandon Nimmo ties it up, and that was a no-doubter to right center field. So it's going to be home run derby at the ballpark tonight. 
in all likelihood. I mean, think of, we, we wondered how this was going to go, right? You got two offenses that are, how can I put this kindly, inept? And you got two pitchers who have not exactly shown their vintage form of late. So something's got to give. Pitchers are going to get fat off of the bad lineups, or the lineups are going to get fat off of the mediocre pitching. So far, it looks like the offense is going to win, win out here because they've gotten a couple of good swings here, and we're not even an inning through of this baseball game. But you need these guys to get healthy, and you hope that when these two teams reconvene again in July over in the Bronx, that Alonzo will be in there for the Mets, Judge will be in there for the Yankees. You hope. But there really is no definite timetable, especially for Judge, with this toe. Alonzo, meantime, they're saying three to four weeks. It's probably going to be sometime after the All-Star break. I mean, that's a given. So Buck Showalter, before today's game, was asked what the latest is as far as an injury update on Mr. Alonzo. I think get through this week and see where he is. We know he's not eligible, so this really doesn't play into it. I, I didn't read that. You know, I'm sure that was out there. As far as some time frame, whatever, I, I'm not questioning. I just, you know, I'm I'm dealing in uh, what the trainers and Pete and doctors are telling me, and you know, it's not imminent, obviously, but it's, uh, you know, it's progressing well. We're happy with how it's progressing compared to how it could be progressing, which is not at all. In the meantime, you got Aaron Boone talking about the offense or lack thereof here with the Yankees. How do you get it going? We have everyone capable to score runs and be a good offense. Uh, we got to get a few guys on track, right? Um, even a few of our, our big guys that we're going to rely on when Judge is here, when he's not. You know, guys we, we expect. It's about them getting rolling. A couple of those guys are going through a little tough stretch right now. Um, you know, we get that going, coupled with the continued, what I feel like has been really good contributions from some unexpected places or some support, you know, we'll be fine. So a little bit of a tough week from a run scoring standpoint, but the bottom line, we've been in these nip and tuck one run games all week and we got to find a way to pull through it. But getting a couple of our other big boys going when they're going through it right now would be huge. You also have guys who are capable. You know, to, to essentially what I had said earlier and what Boone just articulated there. I mean, LeMahieu has done this before. Stanton has done this before. Should I even mention Anthony Volpe? Like, should I even should I even throw his name out there? Because that's easy pickings right now. Yeah, the owner of the team even talked about Volpe earlier today when the media caught up with him outside of the owners' meetings in Manhattan. We'll talk about that a little bit later on. But essentially, in so many words, he ain't going anywhere. So everybody that wants to throw Volpe overboard, send him back down to the minor leagues, hell, send him back down to double A so you don't have to watch him go 0 for 4 again. Uh, Steinbrenner's saying he's not going anywhere. And that's the right approach right now. I, I, I agree with him. Right? We talked about this last week. You made the commitment. You have to ride this thing out. This guy's your future. You know, competence is a fragile thing. In any walk of life, baseball, doesn't matter. Whether you work at the corner store, you got to have confidence in what you're doing. And after, a, you know, two and a half months, if they tell this kid, hey, you won the opening day shortstop job, and now we're going to send you down to the minor leagues because we don't think you could do it anymore, what is that going to do to his confidence? You might lose the player. If you lose the player, then you're not of the right guy anyways, but they're not going to pull the plug that early. As I said a couple of weeks ago, you're looking at least they're going to give him until the All-Star break, if not more to see if he can work through his struggles. It's peaks and valleys if you're a youngster. And he's dealing with that right now. 800-919-3776. That is the 
telephone number. Let's go to the phones. Let's say hi to our buddy Lonnie in Long Island, who was first up here on 98.7 ESPN. Lonnie, good evening. How are you? Good night. What's up, Lonnie? All right. All right. I'm not going to keep you long. My thing is, if you're going to get rid of Catherine, Boone has to go. He's been horrible. He, I watched two games over the weekend. I watched them lose to Boston 3-2. They didn't bunt. They didn't hit and run. They don't do anything to win the game. They do the same old thing. They so, got to change it. So the two-game sample size that you watched, your conclusion is, is yeah. they have to get rid of the manager off of two games. Well, I've been watching all year. Okay. I, and last year and the year before that. It's like three years of this. But who's, to say, who's to say Cashman has to go? Or who, who's to say Cashman, everybody's getting rid of him? They've been saying that earlier today. It was on the radio earlier today. Well, do you think – I mean, let me ask you a question. Right now, right now, okay, Lonnie, and I know you're a fan. If you had to point the finger – I'm only giving you one opportunity. Point the finger right now at the person you think deserves the most blame in the Yankees organization. Who should it be? Not the one. It's the whole team. They're not hitting no, but you, you you came on you 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 came on saying the manager's got to go, Cashman, everything. One guy, who do you think is most responsible? No, no, no. I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't the one. I'm saying I heard on the radio they were talking about Cashman. I said, well, if Cashman has to go, Boone has to go. That's what I'm saying. I'm that you know they're past. That's all I'm saying. But I Boone hasn't won since he's been here. He hasn't won nothing. And and year after year after year with the. Hey, the Yankees and Steinbrenner, if the man was here, man. Oh, there we go. There we go. Lonnie, you you just said the magic words, and I thank you for the phone call. If George was here, if George was here, you know what? Look at the next-door neighbor's yard and look at his house, right, before you envy what other people have. And the next-door neighbor in this case is the Mets. Right? They got an owner who spends money like George spent money. How'd that working out for them? Huh? You think the grass is always greener on the other side? How are things working out for the Mets right now? The owner's got a blank check that he gives to his guys to go build a team in the offseason. Spent a record amount of payroll. Give them the credit card anytime they ask for it. Spend, 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 buy, buy, buy. How's that working out? Hmm? They got two guys, both starting pitchers, who are getting paid more annually than any other player or players to ever put on a baseball uniform in the history of the game, in the history. $43 million a year. Verlander and Scherzer. How is that working out for them? Hmm? They worth it? Is that working out the way they want it to? So sometimes spending money, if George was here, Steve Cohen's checkbook, all those things, that doesn't necessarily pay dividends all the time. you got to remember that. Say hi to Nelson in Long Island. He's up next here on 98.7. Hello, Nelson. How are you? How's it going, buddy? Always a pleasure. What's up, Nell? Uh, you know, I, I got to be quite frank. That last call is quite disturbing. You want to talk about let's be realistic here. Put up all the numbers the last three years, how this guy has managed. Put the injuries together. Look at how he's managed. He has done 
I mean, I cannot say you can't say excellent, but he has done a, he's done a great job. He's done a great job. Give the man his credit. Give him his dues. He's up there. He goes to fight for the for the players. He's a players manager. He's doing his part. He's working with what he has, but he can't get these guys to put the bat on the ball. He can't get the pitchers to shut it down. He's working with what he has. Give credit where credit is due. Stop complaining. Stop nagging. Watch the game. If you're a baseball guy, acknowledge the facts. Buck, great manager, he's going through the same thing. It is what it is. Well, Buck is – I don't know if the comparison is the same, though, Nelson. I'll tell you why. Because Buck is somebody who's got a lot more experience than Aaron Boone, and I think of the phone call, right, he's been out at this longer. Here's what I'll say about Boone. Do I think he's, you know, the second coming of Miller Huggins? No. You know, is he still learning on the job? Is he still morphing into the manager that I guess the Yankees hope he'll be and maybe he'll be for the rest of his managerial career? Yeah, I think that's a safe assumption to say. All right? But winning a world's championship does not necessarily separate you from being a good manager or a bad manager. And I'll give you the perfect example. Remember who won the World Series last year? Of course you do, because they have to go through the Yankees to get there. Houston Astros. Dusty Baker is a guy who I've said for the last 20 years, he can manage my team any day of the week. If I owned a team... Dusty could be my guy any day of the week, twice on Sunday. Look at Dusty Baker's track record. San Francisco, Chicago, Cincinnati, Washington, Houston. What am I, up to five? Am I missing any? Guys managed five teams. All five of them, they went to the playoffs. Might have even won the division at all five, too. But he never won that World Series. Came close. 2002, Giants, Russ Ortiz, okay? That was a long time ago, but you get the point. Never won that ring. But every place Dusty went, he turned them into a winner. And then last year, he finally gets that ring. Is Dusty Baker any, was Dusty Baker any different a manager the day after he won that World Series as opposed to when he woke up that morning? On the day they won the championship? No. He's exactly the same. He was a good manager. He didn't go from being a bad manager to a good manager because they won a championship. No, he was still the same freaking guy. But now he's got the ring, and people look at him differently. Oh, because he's got a championship. It's the thing with Aaron Boone. Look, I don't know if Aaron Boone is ever going to win a championship, but I've said during this whole you know 13-year run or whatever we're on now about the Yankees not getting to a World Series. You want to point the finger at somebody? You want to place blame on one individual? The guy who's been there the longest is the one who picks the players. The guy who's been there the longest has basically risen through power like it was the mafia to where now he wields an incredible amount of authority in that organization. An incredible amount. Manager can only deal with the players that he has at his disposal. It's not like Boone is the one telling guys, hey, go out there and get injured. It's not like he whispered into Aaron Judge's ear when they were at a Dodger Stadium on that Saturday night saying, hey, Aaron, do me a favor. This next inning, if they hit a ball to you, run really hard into the fence and, like, run right through the fence and see if you mess up your toe, like, a lot. And then you'll miss, like, two months of the season. Just just, just do that. I think it'll be cool. It'll be fun. You know? It'll be fun because, like, then, then, then they'll, like, Get off my back and say that I'm not a good manager because if I don't have Aaron Judge, how am I expected to win?
right? And he'll put more of the onus on Cashman than he gives me crappy players. It's not like Boone is doing this, right? It's not like Boone was the one, sign Carlos Rodon, and then let's have him not pitch until July. He can only work with what he is given. 800-919-3776, that is the telephone number. We come back. We'll get to the baseball a little bit later on. You know, we'll keep you posted all night long. Rangers got a new coach. The Rangers have a coach. The Rangers have a coach. Peter Laviolette's the guy. We'll give you some thoughts on it. Plus, we'll get Dave Maloney's thoughts coming up in about 10 minutes as well. Grass's show till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Remember, our buddy Dave Maloney. Going to join us in about 10 minutes, talk a little Ranger hockey. They got a new head coach, in case you weren't paying attention today. Peter Laviolette is the guy that will take over for Gerard Gallant next season behind the bench of the Blue Shirts. And look, it seems like a natural choice all along. It seemed like it, at least. You know what You know what Peter Laviolette is? He is a box checker. That's what he is. And I don't think that that's a bad thing right now for the New York Rangers. There's some people, It's it's amazing to me. You know, you read different things, you hear folks, you're just talking to different people here. And There's a decent, I don't want to say a good amount, I'll say there's a decent amount of Ranger fans, friends of mine and whatnot, that are kind of not exactly enthused about the hire. And I guess the question that I ask is why, right? Why is that? Like, why necessarily do you think that the Rangers may be misfired on this one? Let, you know, I mentioned he checks boxes. Let's let, let's check a few, shall we? Okay, number one, he's a winner. Okay, he's got himself the old Stanley Cup. That was a while ago, but you can't take that away from somebody. His name is on the Stanley Cup, which, by the way, the Cup is in the house tonight in Vegas. Golden Knights, one victory away from knocking out the Panthers and getting that elusive championship in franchise history, the first one. Peter Laviolette has taken three teams to the Stanley Cup Finals. Three. Not like three teams like from one organization. No, three different organizations to the Stanley Cup Finals. I was actually in the building, by the way, for his second one when he took the Philadelphia Flyers there in 2010 and they lost to the Patrick Kane, Jonathan Taves, you know, Chicago Blackhawks. I was in the building that night when Kane scored that Game winner in overtime. Patrick Kane was the only person in the entire building that knew the puck was in the net. Still one of the most surreal experiences that I've ever had in person at a sporting event. Neither here nor there. Peter Laviolette's also coached in this city. In this market, I should say. He was out on Long Island. But you get the point. You know, he knows how to deal with the New York fan. He knows how to deal with the New York media. You know, you ask me, and where have we heard this one before? It was a horrible decision by Mike Milbury to part ways with him after two years. You know why? Because there were some players complaining about him. Mike Milbury said, oh, you know what? Let's go find a new head coach. You don't think they regretted that one? Two years behind the bench, he took him to the playoffs twice. And who knows what might have been after that? 
And then he lands on his feet in Carolina and wins the Stanley Cup a few years later. He knows this division backwards and forwards, right? This will be the fifth team in the Metropolitan that he's coached. Washington, Philly, Isles, Carolina. You're talking about a head coach who's going to be more hands-on than the predecessor was, right? Gerard Gallant was a guy, you know, the old, you know, you hear these players talk, and this is all sports, not just hockey, but players like to say, you know, he treats us like men. Well, what do you like about this guy as a coach? Well, he treats us like men. You know what that usually means? He lets you f- to roam free and do whatever you want, and he's not demanding until, until the results don't start showing up any longer. Then he doesn't treat you like men anymore. Or if he's not capable of coaching a different way, that's when they're out of a job. That's how it usually works. And that was one of the axes that these players had to grind, apparently, during baggy day in the individual breakup meetings with Chris Drury when the players said in so many ways that, you know what, we think we'd be better off with a new head coach. Gallant wasn't, you know, accountable enough for us. We need somebody who's going to be more of a tactician, so they said. Run harder practices and the whole nine yards. Well, now you're out of excuses, and that's the thing that I keep coming back to. They got Quinn out of here. They got Gallant out of here. Gallant out of here after two really good seasons. Let's not forget, they were one step away from the finals just a couple of years back. Now the onus has got to be on the players. You can't just keep firing coaches left and right. What about this core to finally actually go out there and produce and stop all the excuse-making and pointing the finger at the coaches? When is that going to happen? These are questions we'll pose to our buddy Dave Maloney, who's going to join us coming up next. Dan Gross's show, we roll till 10. It's a Tuesday right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Mets have a 2-1 lead as we're keeping our eyes on the Subway Series tonight. This one in the bottom of the second. All the offense so far in the first inning. John Carlos Stanton hitting a 408-foot blast to left field off of Max Scherzer in the top of the first. The Mets responded quickly in the bottom half. Brandon Nimmo leading off with a homer to right center off of Luis Severino. And then the Mets scratch across the go-ahead run, Brett Beatty. With an RBI single scoring Francisco Alvarez, one of the kids, scoring one of the kids. So 2-1 Mets in the second. They got a couple of guys in scoring position now, and they're going to get a couple of runs, as a matter of fact. As Jeff McNeil slaps one down the third base line, and one day both scored. So 4-1 Mets. Now the Mets are used to blowing 4-1 leads, so if you're a Yankee fan, you got to feel pretty confident about where things are right now, because we saw it last week in the Braves series where the Mets had those 4-1 leads, and Braves were very quick to answer, as a matter of fact. So uh, we shall see. 800-919-3776 is our phone number. You know, on the subject of hockey, again, you got Game 5 of the Finals coming up out in Vegas uh, in about 10 minutes or so. I shouldn't say 10 minutes because they don't drop the puck, it seems like, until like 8 10, 8 20. I mean, it takes forever for them to start these Stanley Cup Final games. My buddy is actually out there, flew out there, Planned to go to game five. Just so happens that things have worked out. So where the cup is going to be in the house. So potentially a cool experience uh, for him later on tonight. And no Matthew Kachuk. You know, Panthers were playing tight-lipped over the last couple of days. You know, worrying about his injury status. And he didn't feel very confident dealing with the shoulder. And he's not going to be able to go tonight. And if you're the Panthers and your backs are against the wall, trying to stay alive, just trying to live to see another day, well... 
You're missing one of your top players. You know what you do? Starts with the goaltender, right? And I think the onus is going to be even more so on Sergei Bobrovsky tonight. He is going to have to stand tall. He is going to have to be the one to steal this game for Florida. And you know what? Quiet down an entire building, an entire city, which is ready to explode and ready to celebrate because they think that the championship is going to be theirs. And look, I'd be shocked at this point if it doesn't. But, hey, all you need is one, right? All you got to do is get one. You can't worry about winning all three games here. Just get one at a time. And you never know what happens. And hockey may be more so than any of these other sports. When you're talking about a best of seven, a hot goaltender, you know, somebody that's completely unconscious, he can steal you a series. But I still think it's going to be a tall order for this Florida Panthers team. Let's say hi to Artie in Brooklyn. Up next here on 98.7. Art, how we doing? Dan, what's going on, bud? Art, things are well, bud. What's going so, on? So, we the Mets lose last year to the Braves. They couldn't win one game from the Braves, right? When they and needed I, to. I guess you could. And they needed to. And yeah. I thought it was the hitting. They don't have any protection for Alonzo. And they were going to sign Correa. They're going to give $35 million a, um, a year to Correa, willing, right? Right. It didn't go through. Diaz got hurt. So that money, why didn't Abia do something to improve the bullpen and protect Alonso when he was willing to spend the $35 million on Correa? You're trying to tell me anywhere in baseball he couldn't find a bad contract that could do those two things? What is he waiting for right now? Well, for a I mean, couple of open- things. Couple of th- real quick, yeah. Art. I'll let you finish. Couple of things though. Number one, remember the thing about the Correa Mets actually dodged the bullet there because Correa is having a horrible season right now for Minnesota. Right. He's not a hundred percent. He's dealing. He's got back issues. He's having an awful season. Can you imagine if he was a Met and you had him and Lindor both struggling on the left side of the infield? God knows what we'd be talking about right now. The thing with Diaz, yeah. remember, he got hurt in March during the World Baseball right. Classic. At that point, who are you going out there to get? Right? Everybody worth a damn is already in somebody else's camp and on someone's roster. Look, I'm not looking to get another Diaz. I know that they're, they're hard to find, and I'm not willing to you know, give up all these guys for them. You know, I'm thinking, I guess I had false hopes in the Angels sticking it up again and trying to get Otani. But the thing is that isn't that a GM's job to, to look and see if he could? He has money. So why can't he just find a bad contract? Teams are, are, are willing to get rid of bad contracts. Why did he do that? I, why doesn't he do that? Well, I think well, that, I don't understand. You know what's happening right now? Fat. Because Art, the trade the trade market is not heated up yet. I mean, it's still June the thirteenth, but that's not to say that they aren't doing their homework behind closed doors. I'm sure they are each and every day. So once teams start to quote unquote sell and guys become available. The Mets should be ready to pounce in that situation. You, you know what kills me? You know what scares me? Hmm. It scares me. To, to, uh, the guy Bryant last year, from the, the guy on the Cubs. Oh, yeah. The guy to get. And he went to the Giants, right? No, yeah, right. And then he Soto, went to – and then he signed – well, that was two years ago. Then he signed with Colorado, and it's been a disaster ago. ever since. Right. But my thing is that he had uh, – Epia had the, the move at the trading deadline. And I understand you don't want to give up prospects. But that team was ready to win. had 100 wins, and he came up with Vonderback and Ruff. Yeah. So now I'm putting all my eggs in a basket on this GM to, to improve this team enough 
to get him in the playoffs? I have no faith. Art, you're not wrong. Art, you're not wrong. I I, I don't think you're wrong. And that's why I think this year, when you talk about the deadline, and and thanks for the phone call as always, and look, we got to see where this team is, right? Because if the Mets are struggling by the time August 1st rolls around and they just haven't turned things around, they're not going to be buyers. Hell, they might even be sellers. But I think that that's a valid concern. Like, you know, Yankee fans are a little wary of their GM because they haven't been to a World Series since 2009. And they've had it with Brian Cashman. But I think what Artie just said about Billy Epler, I think it rings true, right? Because Billy Epler's trade deadline last year was not very good. Darren Ruff, Daniel Vogelback, Michael Givens, Tyler Naquin. I mean, no impact players whatsoever. None. Now, they went on the cheap a little bit because they thought that they already had enough in-house. They thought that they were just needing a few complementary pieces to be able to kind of round out the roster that they've had up until this point. But it was a disaster. Because not only didn't you get anything from those guys, the other players that you relied on so heavily, they also had a dip in production. And that's why they went home in the first rounds of the San Diego Padres. Right? When they went down to Atlanta for those three games, and Scherzer, and DeGrom, and Bassett pitched, and they didn't win any of them. And then they played the Padres in the playoffs, and Scherzer, and DeGrom, and Bassett pitched, and they lost two out of three. But the bats also went cold. And I thought last year at the trade deadline, they could have used an impact bat. I did not trust that offense. I don't care what the run scored numbers tell you and all those things. The eye test told me that the offense was one that needed a little bit of beefing up. And they didn't do it. Well, they brought in some beef, you know, no pun intended, but you needed somebody that can actually swing the bat. It's going to be very, very interesting this year on August the 1st because I don't know what's going to take shape. And I'll tell you something right now. You know, you could almost put to rest or start to put to rest one of the big names that you thought would be featured at the trade deadline, and I'm talking about Otani, of course. You see what the Angels are doing out there? They're six games over 500. they They're having a pretty decent season. In a weird way, kind of flying under the radar. But right now, they think they're in it. Now, I still think when push comes to shove, the Angels are going to have a hard path to the playoffs. Because the American League is stacked. Right? I just They're not winning the division. And I just think that their path even to a wild card is going to be very challenging. And if that's the case, the Angels want to keep them. The owner wants to keep them. Even if there's no chance that he's even going to be able to re-sign him in the offseason in free agency, they still think that it's more beneficial to the franchise to keep Otani. And remember, if Otani leaves, the Angels get like a draft pick in compensation. And it's not even going to be like a top 10 pick or a first round pick. It's going to be like a second round pick. So does it make sense? Absolutely not. And that's why if you're the Angels, you almost want to have some certainty by the deadline. Like, hey, man, you going you gonna to re-sign here? You going to want to be an Angel? Because I don't think we can play this season out and risk losing you for nothing. Because even though they're having a better season than they've had in the last couple of years, I, I just don't think they're playoff material. I don't. But we'll see. It's going to be a very, very interesting next month and a half up until August 1st in the deadline. All right, still waiting on Dave Maloney to join us. 
talk a little Rangers and the hiring of Peter Laviolette. We'll also get into the finale of the NBA season as the Denver Nuggets are the champs of the basketball world. Dan Grosser Show. We roll till 10 on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.